welcome to episode four of Talking Jacks. Talking Jacks is a podcast completely dedicated to the first place Charlotte Independence of the United Soccer League. Ben, how does that sound? Oh, it feels great. It's and we had it for more than like ninety minutes too. Yep, we're gonna have it at least until Wednesday. At the very least, until Wednesday. It feels great. Uh, We defeated Louisville City FC last night in a wild affair. More than Um, one way wild. And we're gonna break that down later in the episode. And we are going to do a quick preview of our week in Canada as we face Toronto FC two. Gonna go play the our neighbors to the north and uh, the Ottawa Fury. So once again, uh, grab a snack, grab your favorite beverage. And uh, relax into your favorite comfy chair. Mm. Close your eyes and listen to the beautiful sounds of the Charlotte Independence taking first place. Yes. So, Ben, what was your ex- favorite experience last night? Um, there was a lot of moments where Louisville just continued to foul us. And we kept capitalizing on those moments. And it was really beautiful to see us continually do that. I'm trying to pinpoint an exact moment. Um, there was just so much going on in that game. It was a lot. Yeah. It was. I mean, really, the hat trick was probably my favorite moment. It was ruined, which we'll talk about later with yeah. the um, the referees and whatnot. But but yeah, it was probably the hat trick moment. Uh, it was really. It, it felt really good, um, especially considering how we played in that second half. Yeah. Um, it was just a really, it was a great feeling because I was really tense in that moment because we had we had no possession. I felt like we were passing very sporadically. We couldn't connect passes. Um, and kudos to Louisville; they were they were knocking us off our game, uh, maybe illegally, but <laughs> literally uh, <laughs> knocking us off the game. Yes, knocking us off our game uh, in more ways than one. But yeah, it was a really it was a really intense game. Um, I thought the same thing. It was super intense. You know, it's cliche, but it kind of had a playoff atmosphere on the field. It really did. Yeah. It was high intensity. You could tell these teams were playing for first place. Mm -hmm. Two really great teams. Um, It was kind of a sloppy game for being two of the best teams in the league, but I think Mm -hmm. a little bit of that was by design by Louisville and and by Charlotte as well, especially in the second half. I think, um, and we'll get into that later. Um, kind of the the shift in the game plan for the second half that kind of worked, but it was ugly. It so, was ugly, yeah. Um, it I, worked ultimately, thank goodness. Yes, but it, it was uh, it was not attractive. It's it, yeah, not very attractive, especially compared to the first half. Yes. Um, but um, like I said, we'll get into that. First thing we're gonna do is break down the goals, um, all four. It was it was a high scoring game. It was um, yeah. By Surprisingly, uh, I think this is the second time in our six times or seventh time we meet them. Where there was more than two goals scored, I think it's the first time ever. If I'm not Ooh, mistaken, yeah, no, you I are right. Yeah, it's always either been zero zero one zero or one one. I don't think yeah, any, it, either team has ever scored twice. And yeah, that is that accurate. was a that was a surprising thing. I know when I predicted two zero before the game, I was telling you I was like, I kind of want to go back on my prediction <laughs> because I actually don't think either team's going to score more than once. But I was wrong, and I was happy to be wrong. Um, oh yeah, I, I will. We, continually wrong and be okay with that at this point exactly um, and we opened the scoring um i think it was the 10th or 11th minute. 11th minute yep um enzo somehow got a yellow card literally 30 seconds into the match yeah um 
I don't think I've ever seen that to begin with. I've never seen it happen that fast. Except for some, like a flagrant foul. Right. Wasn't even a foul. No, um, it was he he um, deflected the free kick. Yeah. Which, which I can see that would be a yellow card. Granted. I don't but, know that rule. So I don't know if it's an automatic uh, yellow or if it's like up to the judgment of the referee. But as we I mean, will see later, the judgment of the referee in this case yeah. would be to go to the pocket I, more so than not. I hate to to blame the refs and pinpoint the refs for a problem, but it really feels like to me at this point that no matter what Enzo and Alex do specifically, they're going to get yellow cards more often than not for little ticky-tack things. Their reputation definitely precedes them. You can yeah. tell it precedes them in the referees and the opposing team's coaches. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and it's one thing that was a reoccurring theme, and I'm getting sick of it, to be honest with you. I'm really getting sick of it as a fan is seeing – Players and coaches, especially coaches. Players, mm-hmm. I can understand. They're on the field. They're heated, antagonizing Enzo and Alex. Yeah. Especially the coaches. Like, something needs to happen about that. When coaches are jawing back and forth with Alex and in trying to antagonize him, Yeah. I understand Alex and Enzo are very heated players. There's no doubt about it. They're passionate. But I'm getting sick of players antagonizing them. Quite well, frankly. the players, I don't think we're going to be able to do anything about players fouling them, and that's just going to be a game plan. That's going to be a tactic used against yeah. us, for better or for worse. So far, the tactic doesn't work. We've mm-hmm. seen, I mean, they tried yeah. it early in the game to get back to the goals. They fouled Alex. Mm-hmm. We got a free kick. Alex plays it short to um, Austin Yearwood, yep. who's just, I think we might have caught Louisville a little off guard playing it quickly like that, because um, I think they kind of thought we were going to set up a just a normal set piece, bring the center backs up. But Alex mm-hmm. plays it short to Yearwood. Yearwood plays it right into Ross, and it's kind of a bouncing ball. And Ross does, like, really well. He just one, two touches it into the box right into Enzo's path, and Enzo is able to uh, hit it with his first touch right yep. past the goalkeeper. Um, and I think the the celebration from Enzo was great. It was just kind of a release of emotion. You could just see yeah. it. Um, you know, he does that, the, the jump in the air and – it seems like it's his go-to celebration yeah. at this point, yeah. which I, I like it. I do too. It's um, it's just very, it's very Enzo. Mm-hmm. Yep. But from that moment, I think we kind of saw Charlotte settle down. They did. Um, yeah. Because up until that point, it was a little scrambled, both teams, I mean, and we it, it that, was. that was a theme that we would see the whole game is that it was never the game never felt real settled. It was I would very, th- I would agree with that. and that was probably due to. The just the intensity and like the stakes on the line, mm-hmm. all of that. I would even say and, there was some nerves probably between. Oh, I'm sure both teams. Yeah, um, I'm sure the sand probably wasn't helping either. Yeah, there was still sand. We really expected um, the sand to be cleaned up, but. And they even they even watered the field beforehand. Yep. I don't know if you noticed that they had the sprinklers going. Yep. Oh but, yeah, we we talked about that. I remember that now. Yeah. I don't know. But it didn't seem to help very much, unfortunately. No, um, and it was the the sand was an issue in the Eagles game as well that we were in attendance for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, sand was flying everywhere in that one as well. Yeah, it's. I, I really hope we stop putting sand on the field. Yeah, or enough of the sand. We maybe we just need but, rain. I really don't understand. I don't know. I'm yeah. not a groundskeeper. Yeah. So if there's any groundskeepers listening out there that can actually explain why what the purpose of the sand mm-hmm. is, um, and I'm sure this has been talked about plenty by everybody yeah um, if anyone knows base. any like groundskeeping podcasts out there that discuss this kind of thing there probably is yeah 
Um, there needs to be one. If there isn't, I would be interested in doing that at this point. I mean, if, if can we go out? I would volunteer to go out Saturday morning before the game and like sweep the sand <laughs> off the field. Can we do that? I mean, I know they do okay that in the that. NFL sometimes, like in Buffalo. Yeah, they'll uh, have fans come to the stadium and shovel the shovel the field. I'd even bring my own sweepers. <laughs> I would even bring my own sweeper at that point. Um, but yeah, and then it was just a really intense game back and forth, and there was a lot of pressure. You could feel that the independents were trying to um, pressure their back line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked for the second goal. It really, Yeah, second goal. It was – Enzo is so – you see – we've seen that a lot this year where we'll press, we'll pressure the goalie or pressure mm-hmm. the center back that's got the ball. And I feel like this is the first time this is ever – that we've ever converted on that pressure. Yeah. Um, but – Enzo was on the money. Yeah, I think he had was, like four shots, and three of them were goals, uh, if I'm not mistaken. We didn't have many shots as a team. I know that. I yeah. Mean, uh, that's one thing we'll get to later, yeah. talking about the second half. But that that second goal, you know, the stream kind of cut out when we were rewatching it. So I've only seen it once live. And it looked like it was a back pass to the center back, and he just mm-hmm. misplayed it. Yeah. He just he took a heavy touch. And it was right into Enzo's path. It was it was, was a lackadaisical play in that point by the the center back, which I was surprised at because he's really good. I'm not yeah I'm not sure it was so much lackadaisical as it was just a miss a mistouch. Yeah. And and Enzo was just right there in full speed, so he was able to just yeah. take the touch out in front, and n- nobody's got a chance to catch him no. at when he's got a head start like that. Mm-hmm. And then the keeper the keeper came off his line, but it was Enzo. Is going to finish yeah. that night. It's a tough position to be in as a goalkeeper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you got to feel for him a little bit, but yeah. not too much. Not really, no. So that was 2-0, and at that point, I, we were pretty feeling pretty good. I was, was right before the half. Great, to be honest with you. I felt like we had controlled the game. Yep. Um, Louisville did not have very much possession. We had countered pretty well, um, and we really took advantage. Like, Because one thing going into it um, – I know the New York Red Bulls game, Louisville played them the week before. Um, and I noticed they played a three-man back. Louisville did against New York. And I thought there was no way they were going to do that against us. I don't. I, I never could tell because you mentioned to me at halftime that yeah. you thought they were playing a three-man back line. But in mm-hmm. the second half, it, it didn't seem like they were. But They may have shuffled things too, so, uh, which true. would make sense if they did based on the way the second half uh, transpired. Yeah, because all of our feelings of – good kind of went away pretty quickly in the second half yeah um we really came out of the locker room we were not sharp um, at all and I, and we have seen teams when we have a when we have a lead on them kind of really attack us coming mm-hmm. out of the half before and like just a few of the games come to mind richmond st louis just mm-hmm. a couple of those. rochester yeah um that rain delay game that got done after midnight uh, but, that one's another one mm-hmm. that uh, I was hesitant to think we were going to get the three points at the way the way the momentum was shifting. Right, but um, in all of those cases, we were able to um, kind of weather the storm and not allow mm-hmm. a goal. And then most of the time, we came back and scored another one. But this case yeah. was a little different. We we weren't able to weather the storm. They scored in the 48th minute. Um, it was kind of a weird play. I think watching it live. It looked like maybe we were just kind of caught in possession, but when I rewatched it, we weren't really caught in possession. We turned the no. ball over several passes before the mm-hmm. goal was actually scored, and what happened was um, they, 
I'm not sure who it was, but someone for Louisville played in a header and um, Drew Marcus Davidson was right there mm-hmm. and just missed. He just he yeah. swung and missed and the ball so the ball ended up kind of trickling through and that kind of caught everybody else off guard. Yeah. It was a nice finish. It really was. It was a good yeah. ball into the box. Mark Anthony K. I remember him from last year too. I'm surprised he's not starting for them this year. I know he probably has started a handful of games for them, but he's really good. I was really scared that he was going to turn the turn the game around for them. Um, yeah. And I felt like that goal was a long time coming for them because we we had no consistency. We were trying to get passes connected, and it was not working. We were either pushing the ball too forward or – and Louisville was, was playing really good defense. Um, so hats off to them. They were playing really, really well. And they, they took advantage of it. I think it was kind of a moment where Donnie Smith was trying to move forward to go on a, a counterattack type situation. Um, and they put it past Mazzell. He almost saved it. But unfortunately, he did not. Yeah, and but. that moment really changed the momentum. You could see mm. Louisville um, really ratcheted up the attack. And you could see... By our reaction, we made a substitution in the 59th minute, which is very early for us. Yeah. Um, Coach Jeffries put on Jan Ekra for Lewis Hilton. Which really shows you what Jeffries wanted to do, I feel like. Uh, yeah, there was definitely a shift in the game plan. I'm not sure if it happened in the locker room or if it happened um, after the goal because it yeah. happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. But after the goal, we really decided – okay, we're going to bunker in, we're not going to allow a goal, and we're going to look to counter. Yep. And we did that the rest of the game with a mixed bag of results. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, we didn't give up a goal. We didn't give up another goal. Yep. But there were definitely moments where we were uncomfortable. That's that's not oh, yeah. our strength. I think that's a – if we're going to use that tactic going forward, um, I think that's something we definitely need to work on in training and maybe work on in some of these games against – um, inferior opponents. Absolutely. Um, Something we need to get better at, I would say. Yeah, because and and it's not a bad tactic. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just completely opposite of what we're normally trying to do. We're normally on the front foot, trying to play very attacking soccer, get up the field, you know, have June drop back with the center backs, push up the fullbacks. We didn't really do a whole lot of that in this game, no. unless we were on the counter. Yeah. Um. And so the third goal, we're just going to break it down real quick. The third goal came out. Um, Donnie Smith just bossed the whole. Yeah, I think he wanted around midfield team. or a little yeah, past he, midfield. Yeah, he intercepted a pass just I think just across the halfway line. Yeah, and then just takes a couple of dribbles and beats one guy. Takes another dribble, beats the other guy. Is mm-hmm. in the box and lays a perfect pass. It was for Enzo. Who's I almost thought he was going to take the shot for I, a little while. Yeah, you thought so, but yeah. then you see Enzo over there in the corner mm-hmm. and he's got two goals. You're going to leave it for Enzo. Yep. And uh, he left it to him. Enzo scores, goes and celebrates with Jack's militia, doesn't do anything out of the ordinary. No, and not at all. And then gets sent off for a second yellow card mm. for what's being called excessive celebration. But yeah. I, I cannot begin to fathom what was excessive about that celebration. <sighs> he, we were cele- he was celebrating a hat trick. Mm-hmm. He was celebrating a goal that was putting the game away against – the second place team in the Eastern Conference yep. to put our team in first place yep. for the first time in franchise freaking history. A lot of things to get excited about. The ref didn't want any of it. I don't. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too far down the referee rabbit hole. The referees in USL have not been having a good couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been bad recently. Like there was a Reno game midweek. 
where I haven't actually seen the play, but I know it was there was a general consistency between everyone that it was not a red. Um, and the Rochester Cincinnati game from last weekend, it was bad. Like picture what if if anyone was at or watched the game this yesterday or mm-hmm. Saturday with Louisville in Charlotte pictured that but with 20,000 fans booing yeah. the ref. It was it was really ugly. Um they haven't been doing a very good job, that's for sure. Yeah. And and you know, we always joke that they're not good. But it's getting worse it seems. And it wasn't consistent. That's what gets me cuz especially with the Enzo yellow card for excessive celebration, if he's going to get that yellow card, then Bilal Duckett has to get a yellow card. I don't want any more people to get yellow cards, but right. they need to be consistent. I mean, Enzo gets a yellow card in the first minute, like we talked about, for blocking a free kick. Louisville did that, I don't remember the exact minute, but midway through, three-fourths the way through the game, nothing. Oh, yeah. I, th- I believe yeah. that was one. I think Alex kind of just kicked it into his shins on purpose and was like, hey, look, he blocked the kick. That's oh, a is yellow that card. Maybe I, I missed that. I, I, okay. think, I think that's what happened, which <laughs> I, I thought was hilarious. That's what it was. Um, but you know, like I yeah. said, we don't we don't want to spend too much time on the no. on the referees. But there were a lot of cards given out. It was a physical game. Mm-hmm. It was a chippy game. This has really become a rivalry, I think, w- between Louisville and Charlotte. Absolutely, we joined the league at the same time. Um, every game we every play game is, close. is really close and really chippy, and really they have a poor referee history with Louisville yeah. as well, um, which I is weird. But it's very strange. <laughs> we had a player sent off for what we thought was not a second yellow last time but that one really affected the game this one at least was the game was a little more put away it was three to one at that point Mm -hmm. it was like the 81st minute yeah um you know i digress about the referees but i will say um if you're listening anybody from the independent staff please submit some kind of appeal for that red card to be rescinded because you know, we need Enzo to play this week in Canada. And I've seen that exact same thing happen because two years ago, in our first year, when we played Louisville, interestingly enough, Slogic jumped into the stands and everybody caught him. It took twice as long than Enzo's celebration. Nothing. There's no yellow cards, no anything. Even the so, announcers, which that particular set of announcers don't mm-hmm. seem to like the Martinez brothers. I've heard no. them on multiple games, especially the color commentary guy. I don't mm. know if he played against them or something, <laughs> but he, uh, he always talks about how they're trying to win fouls and they're always, you know, griping at the refs and you know, whatever personal feelings aside, he, they both even said that you, you don't typically see a yellow yeah. card for that type of celebration. But regardless, um, that was the third goal and the final goal of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to kind of break down maybe the change in the game plan that, in the second half that kind of had us on our toes. Yeah, um, we definitely played stands, a lot more we conservative. Um, one thing I was talking about in the, the group of people I sit with, uh, it was the whole shift, and we were not really trying to progress the ball very far no. unless we really had a chance. And – Louisville made some really good passes too. That was one thing is we had some we left some lanes open, um, even though we were pretty far back for them to make some pretty good passes. And luckily for us, Louisville likes to shoot over the goal, um, <laughs> which happened on a couple different occasions. Yes, there uh, were a couple of scary moments in the box with yeah. players. Um, I, I believe there was one where the player went up against Kalungi and mm-hmm. made a nice turn. And fired a shot just over. Yeah. Um, 
that was I think that came in before the miraculous save off the line by uh, yeah. Donnie Smith, which in the moment save of the game, oh, man, that was just incredible. That 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 crowd just went nuts. Yeah, that was such a great moment. Because I think it was a moment where everyone, because I remember I was, I remember that play. And I'm seeing that transpire, and then he kicks it, and I'm like, oh, God, nobody's there. Yeah. Oh, wait, somebody is there. Donnie Smith, it didn't go over the line either, just to clarify for anybody. No, we, we watched it, it together several times. Yeah. I don't think it crossed the line. It was definitely so. closer than we thought. Oh, yeah. Because we both were like, I don't know how you could even argue that this crossed the line. But then we saw the replay down the line, which, mm-hmm. good work, USL production, yeah. uh, getting that down the line replay, which we don't normally get. Not at all. Um but it, it was it was a lot closer than it appeared um, live, mm-hmm. but it did not cross the line. I think we can I both say so. that. Putting our bias that. aside, I don't think it crossed yeah. the line. I don't think so at all. But it was a great play by Donnie Smith, and yeah. he was he was just great. And no, we did not know. Like I don't know if anybody else knew, but we had no idea he was back in Charlotte. No, uh, he must have come in, in like a private plane or something. <laughs> The rest, uh, yeah, Robert Kraft sent him in his private jet to Charlotte yeah. to train, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure uh, McPhilmy and uh, Robert Kraft go back uh, several years, so they just uh, made the connection there, I'm sure. But, yeah, it was – he played great, especially considering we don't – I mean, uh, we don't know when he got there with the team practicing right, and whatnot. exactly. We don't uh, know. I didn't see his picture in any of the training photos. No. But that could have been on purpose. Mm, maybe, yeah. maybe James is just trying to keep us on our toes – yeah, because we were like talking. We were like, "Who's gonna start it right back?" It's probably gonna be Luke Wechter. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna be uh, Spees. Maybe Spees, yeah. And then Donnie Smith's on the team sheet. Okay. All of a sudden. And so then we were like, "Well, is Donnie gonna play right back and Yearwood play left back, or mm-hmm. is it gonna be Yearwood at right back and Smith at left back?" Um, and then it turns out Donnie was playing right back, which we've kind of seen um, our fullbacks play out of position a couple times this year. We I have, know yeah. early on Castillo was playing a lot of left back. Mm-hmm. Um, with mixed results, uh, you know, I think we all agree he really struggled at left back, but really excelled at right back yeah. where his natural position is. And then uh, I believe it was the Harrisburg game where Joel Johnson played left back. Um, yeah, and that he played right. he played really well at left back. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool to see when uh, these fullbacks play out of position. It kind of adds a it's kind of a, almost a surprising element to their attacking game, mm-hmm. um, and we saw that on the third goal from Donnie Smith, because he's so because he's left footed and he's yeah. he's left on you know he's not looking to get outside and put crosses in with his right foot with mm-hmm. with his weaker foot he's looking to cut inside almost like a winger. Yep, and it really created that goal. I think it sometimes can take the defenders by surprise. I would think and so. And it, it did in that case because I think the defender was playing him to go outside and he just cut inside. And then laid off that perfect ball for uh, for Enzo, and so I think that was um, Donnie Smith. We I mean he's my co man of the match for this yeah. one. He's definitely. I mean Yearwood played really well too. So I, but as far as overall, he made the save of the game. Donnie Smith. Um, he's he's at the very least our defensive. I would say defensive MVP of the game. Um, but Enzo played really well too. Enzo was Enzo was super he was clinical. deadly because he yeah. did. I would double checked on that. He did have four shots and three were goals. Yeah, and he's just he's so hard to stop um, unless you're a ref and you give him a second goal. <laughs> but that's um, the best way to deal with him is to get him sent off. Yeah, but in this case, he scored three goals before he got sent off. So I guess it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah, second hat trick ever 
in Independence yep. history. We now have two goal scorers that are tied for 12th, yes. which is... No, they're tied for second oh, with 12 goals. 12 goals, something yeah. something like that. Uh, Maybe yeah, it's, I think it's second like, or third. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're, and can we talk about how they're both nominated for Player of the Month? Yeah. I think it's great that they're both nominated. I agree. But at the same time, it's Cast a little your frustrating. Cast for Jorge because he's going to win. It's a little frustrating because it's like the, the vote's getting split with oh, all yeah. the Independence fans trying to vote for both. Mm-hmm. And like I know I was trying to vote for both, but <laughs> it at some point it stops letting you. After like two or three votes, it yeah. stops letting you vote. Well, so pro tip: if you use a different browser, it'll let you vote. Okay, again. so not folks, that I've done that, but I'm, that's what I've heard. <laughs> so, folks, here here's what you need to do: go download Safari, <laughs> Firefox, Google Chrome, Internet Explorer, all of the different browsers. Yes. I don't even, is that all of them? There's probably more. Um, I'm trying to think. Download of all the, the browsers you can, and then yes. just alternate voting for Enzo and Jorge. We're gonna spam vote um, to get them. Is it possible to get them both? I don't think it is. At this point, I don't think so. But I feel like if it's a three-way tie, which right now it is Chandler Hoffman and GB Fall are tied with 27%, and Jorge Herrera is 25%. So we need another 2%. 2%. I feel like if it's a three-way tie or a two-way tie, then we couple in whatever Enzo Martinez has as a percentage, <laughs> and Jorge wins. I feel like that makes sense. They're on the same team. Um you hear that, USL? Yeah. That's our tiebreaker right that's there. That's the tiebreaker. I don't see any other tiebreaker things on here, so that's what we're going to go with. I, I say the tiebreaker is age. Ooh, yeah. Or uh, second in uh, USL history. Or goals. how about uh, goals in the month? Because, you know, Jorge yeah. Herrera scored freaking eight goals this month, which is insane. It's insane that a objecti- an objective observer cannot see somebody who scored eight goals and say, hmm, maybe I'm not going to vote for my favorite exactly. team's player because this guy scored eight goals. In a month. Eight goals. It's great. And two assists, too. So he's he's passing the ball around. But He's a great player. And we beat... The one thing I, I completely... We've lost in the shuffle here. We beat the third, now fourth in the rankings. But we beat one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference without... As far as I'm concerned, Herrera. I think you would agree. Our Jorge, MVP. Our, our MVP, our workhorse, arguably our best player. Yeah. We beat them without one of our best players we did we glossed right over that um, yeah james thomas of the charlotte independence has said that jorge missed the game and that it was injury related but um they're not sure they're they haven't gotten a complete diagnosis yet so they don't know how long he's going to be out type of thing oh, okay um, I, did, I did not even know that. so personally. appreciate the uh response james and yeah. hopefully we'll uh hear more if we're if we hear before the podcast is posted i'll go back and edit it but if not um just hope that Jorge is back for Canada because that would be um, it would really be interesting if we're missing both Jorge and Enzo for this trip because while these teams may not be as high quality as Louisville I think going on the road to another country where yeah you know we just saw Charleston had issues with visas mm-hmm. um, we have a lot of international players as well we do so this week could be interesting. Um, I don't want to transition too much out of this game. Let's go talk. Let's do our main of the match again, and then we can kind of talk about this Canada trip. Yeah. So um, obviously, we're I'm I'm picking a co-man of the match. I don't. Mm-hmm. You can pick whatever you want, but okay. I'm going to go with Enzo Martinez and Donnie Smith as co-man of the match. Um, I know that's technically not allowed because <laughs> it's man of the match and not men of the match. But men of the match match works, I think. And um, but basically. 
like we said, Donnie Smith is kind of the next example of next man up. It seems like there's a new oh, yeah. player every week who kind of takes up that mantle. Yep. And this time it was it was Donnie who we thought was back starting with the Revs. Um, I haven't paid attention really since the All Star break. I can't um, say I have either. I I know he started. I think we all thought he was gone and long gone. Yeah, you know it was a short term loan too. It was so. I think it was like originally reported or rumored that it was like yeah. a month long loan mm-hmm. while uh, Duckett was hurt. Yep. And then he went back, started several games for the Revs, um, and then it was it was kind of a quiet exit. There was no really news about it, um, and then it was a quiet comeback mm-hmm. which you know maybe we're gonna transition to a one club with the reps i'm okay with that if they keep um, loaning us players like with the quality of of donnie smith okay you know yeah right now it's more of a one club with the reps than with the rapids i'm just gonna say it yeah maybe maybe but <laughs> we won't get back into that <laughs> but yeah as far as my uh men of the match i'll do that as well definitely enzo he he's just so deadly he it's hard to describe his play other than uncontrollable. And he's, he's just so deadly when he gets the ball and he knows exactly where to go. And he took advantage of their defense. He did really well uh, with he the was, opportunities he had. Because yeah. we didn't even have very many opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Which was that one was... thing me and you were concerned about going into the game. Um, because I was watching the New York Red Bulls game that Louisville played. They bunkered down consistently like five six seven men in the box um but they didn't get a chance to do that against us no um, we we kind of flipped that on flipped the script on them and we kind of did that to them mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm sure they're used to teams playing them like that yeah so i don't know that it was anything out of the ordinary it was out of the ordinary for us and so maybe that might have thrown them off a little bit as well mm-hmm. um but yeah we were super clinical and i don't even want to say on the counter attack because really really neither i guess the Donnie Smith passed to Enzo was technically the counterattack, but the yeah. the second goal was, I guess, it's not really a counterattack. Not really. It was just a misplay by the Louisville defender, and that first one was just a nice buildup off of a free kick. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we weren't even very good on the counterattack. We just, we had yeah. really, we had three chances to score is and really we all we had, and we took advantage and of each one. I would even say one. that Louisville may have had more chances than we did. But we took advantage of our opportunities. That's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, our and one thing I guess we can transition to now is where we right now lead the entire USL in conversion rate. We are at twenty two percent. We're above everybody else, um, which is something that's been really that I was really concerned about going into this game because um, I know we don't get a lot of shots, but I was afraid we weren't going to convert on those shots because Louisville's goalkeepers have been playing well. Um, Tim Drobkowski, I think is his last name. Yeah, uh, oh, Drobble. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. Tim D is his name. He's been playing really well. And even the traditional starter, um, Gregory, it's a really difficult name too. The other goalkeeper in Louisville has been playing really well. So I was concerned that even if we had opportunities, their goalkeepers were going to shut us out. Um, And a couple other stats I wanted to go through. We are third in the entire USL and first in uh, the East for total goals with 40. Doing great in that nice. category. Which um, is really a shocking statistic mm-hmm. if you followed the team early in the season when we yeah. seemed like we couldn't score no matter what we tried. Yep. So 
it's great to see us bounce back from that. Um, yep. And we've also got we are third in the USL in goals per game and first in the East. We're at two goals per game at this point, which is amazing. Doing really good in that category. And we are also uh, fourth in the USL for passing percentage and second in the East. Tampa Bay is the most accurate team in the Eastern Conference. They are very accurate with their passes. Yeah. Yep. And we, uh, I think we play them again soon, don't we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. I'm looking forward to that game because that was a really exciting match and just a mm-hmm. fun game when They've we got a lot the of first talent. time. Um, that we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But <laughs> let's talk about um, this first game we've got coming up against Toronto FC2, or Toronto, if you will. Toronto T2. They are coming off probably the biggest win of their season, um, beating Charleston 1-0. Neither one of us got to watch because we were getting ready for our game. Yeah. Um, did it's you get though. a chance to go watch the highlights or anything? I have not. I didn't, actually. Okay, so we yeah. don't know. I know Aaron, uh, our battery rider at Soccer and Sweet Tea, was saying that um, Charleston really just was struggling to connect with uh, – they play a lot of long passes, and the, he said that they mm. really just weren't connecting on any of them. Um, and he said it, it was really frustrating to watch because they just – they weren't sharp. Um, and obviously they were having to play without Romario Williams um, and several other players. Yeah. There was there was a, like five or six players that they were not able to play due to visa issues. Um, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if that's – something that could have been prevented by the club or the league or whatnot. Um, I guess we'll find out when we go up there. Yes. Um, hopefully we don't have any of those issues either because we don't have a whole lot of depth at some positions. At yeah. some positions we have too much depth. <laughs> um, but at others we don't have a lot like the forward position if we're playing without Enzo and Jorge Herrera. That leaves us with Townsend and – Siage only. Yeah. And I guess you could throw uh throw I guess Ekra. you could throw Spees and Ekra in there. Yeah. But they haven't really Ekra hasn't played forward since very early in the a season. True forward in Spies, a while. Yeah. I don't think has ever played forward um after the preseason. He played up mm-hmm. the top a little bit in the preseason but hasn't during the regular season. So yep. it's gonna be an interesting week. Um Toronto is they're the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, last beat first last week. Or yeah, for the Saturday game, I'm still surprised it happened because yeah. Toronto is they have they still have even after beating Charleston a negative twenty goal differential. Yeah, and they played Charleston a couple weeks ago. Of course, Charleston was at full strength, but Charleston beat home. them six one. Yeah. Um. So I don't think anyone under any circumstances thought T two was going to beat Charleston, but they did it there, and uh, we've we've had that happen before though because we played Richmond after they had beat. Um, Bethlehem. Yeah, and that was the first win they had in a while. Um, so I, th- I think we'll be good against Toronto. I think we will, um, considering everything. Yeah, I think it's a game we should win, regardless Absolutely. of injuries and suspensions. We have enough talent to make up for. Oh, actually, looks like tr- uh, Toronto is back into 14th place. They are no longer last. Mm. Um, Moving on up. They're tied with Richmond, but... Somehow Richmond is lower. Oh, okay. I guess the first tiebreaker in USL is wins, not goal difference. Oh, because that makes Richmond is in last because they have three wins and Toronto has yeah, four. Yeah, Toronto has an impressive four wins on yep. the season. So it's a game we should win. It's a game we need to win um, going on the road. It's our first week playing as the number one team. 
Uh, we need to not let this momentum slow down. Um, would you care to make a prediction? Um, it's kind of hard to make a prediction when we don't really know. I mean, we yeah. know Enzo is going to be suspended because he picked up a yellow card. And that, mm-hmm. So he's going to be at least suspended for this game on yellow card accumulation because he was yep. sitting on, on, a cum- four, on yeah. four or five or whatever it is. Um, and then we don't know if he that, may uh, you mentioned he may be games. suspended Possibly. Addi- an additional game for the red card. But hopefully not. Yeah. Trial Independence, please get that rescinded. Crossing our fingers. USL, please rescind that ridiculous second yellow if you can do that. Yeah. That would be great. Appreciate it. As and far as predictions go, let's say 1-0. Yeah. 1-0? Yeah, 1-0. I think we'll bunker down, too, honestly. I think we're going to play pretty a slower game, um, especially considering we're going to probably have a decent bit of subs. Yeah, I wouldn't mind to see some squad rotation in this game. I mm-hmm. think uh, Luke Wechter finally got on the field again late, very late in yep. that one. He came on as a substitute for um, Alex Martinez. He did, yeah. It says on the USL website it took place in the sixth minute of extra time out of seven, but I think it was earlier than that. But, it felt like it, yeah. Um, he got on. He got a couple touches. It was good to see him on the field. It was. He's been on the bench, um, but he hasn't played, so you never know how healthy the guys are who don't play when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're dressed on the bench. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him be played like at center back for for Duckett or Kalungi. Because mm-hmm. we have a ton of games coming we've up. Got a lot of yeah. In the next uh, and we've got another game coming here. up Saturday. So you know, it would be a good week to kind of see some rotation in the squad. You know, we've talked about wanting to see Siage more. I think this would be a great opportunity to give Jaime Siage a start. I would love to see. I mean, I want to see more Siage. So, obviously, yeah. if uh, Herrera is is back from injury, um, that might change the conversation. But even if you wanted to mm-hmm. start Herrera up top with Siage, I don't think that's that a bad be, option either. That'd be pretty um, impressive to see that happen. And I'm sure, and I'm sure we're going to see Townsend as well. Probably will. Um, you know, we've talked about how we want to see Siage be played over Townsend at this point because, for one thing, he's younger, he needs the experience, mm-hmm. and another thing, he's one of our players. You know, Townsend's exactly. going to go back to Cincinnati at some point, whether yep. it be at the end of this season um, or even if they have an injury crisis, he might have to go back during the season. Yeah, if you D- never know. GB Fall keeps uh, these loanies stepping the on people and biting people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah, another topic for another but, day. Uh, I think it would be a great opportunity for, for either one of them to get some game time um, and even maybe some guys like Spees and Ekra. Yeah, I would like to see more Spees in this case. Ekra, I wouldn't mind. Um, we could even see maybe some Zev Tablib. I really hope I'm saying his last name right. Sounds right. That's I how feel it's like spelled. it's right. Yeah, he, he came in from uh, – we haven't seen him yet. I, don't, no. I think he's made the bench a couple of times, but yeah. he hasn't – I don't think he's played – um, I, he was highly talked about coming over from um, Wilmington. They brought him in, I think, for his experience. Yeah. And um, I think he may have worked with Coach Jeffries in the past. Or, or maybe Possibly. it was Troy Lassane. I remember there was an article, I think, when he was signed that he had um, – one of our coaches had coached him before somewhere. Okay. But regardless, it's a good week for – or this Toronto game is a good opportunity to get some of these guys who – you know, are making the bench every game, but not maybe not getting as much as many minutes as they would like in the action and get. Some I think it'd be our, a good experimental game, um, yeah. and then even going into Ottawa, I wish I knew more about Ottawa. I okay. To be honest, I'm with going you. to admit something that's going to make me sound really dumb um, and make me a bad fan. 
But when I looked at the schedule and saw that we played Ottawa, <laughs> I did not know that there was a team in Ottawa. There is. So yeah. I'm really sorry, Ottawa Fury fans, if you're listening to this to kind of t- hear about the independence. I didn't know you existed, so I apologize. It's all right. But, they're, they're in Canada, so. Well, not only sense. that, I just I haven't even seen them pop up like on highlights or I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bad fan of the USL. I honestly haven't seen much of all at all about them. Um, the I don't only thing I really bad, know though. is they they're pretty good. It looks like. Um, but they're still out of the playoff picture. They mm-hmm. haven't beaten really anybody, though. That's the one thing I noticed as far as who they've played. The only teams they've beaten are Toronto. I mean, big deal. Um, <laughs> they beat OCB. Again, big deal. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they destroyed Richmond 5-3. Woo! Um, and they also beat New York Red Bulls 4-3. And, so, oh, and they beat the Kickers again 1-0. But those are the only games they've won. Uh, they haven't, like I said, they haven't really beat anybody. Um, but they have a pretty good goal differential. But they're just kind of middle. The, but this is the first time they've been in the USL, so maybe they, they maybe they'll sneak into the, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're right on that fringe. I mean, that the congestion in the standings in the Eastern Conference is is pre, It's really tight. Yeah. So if they if they have a strong second half, they could easily see themselves maybe even all the way up into sixth place. I mean, they're not far behind Cincinnati because they've got three goals or three games in hand. Yeah. Um, so I think if they, they could make a run, I don't know anything about them, but except that they're not on their greatest form right now. <laughs> they have won once in their last five games, lost three times, and drawn. Yeah. So they're not exactly hitting on all cylinders. I wouldn't say that. Um, and the only but, other thing I know about them is as far as passes per 90, their leader – for the team is the goalkeeper, which is com- yeah completely strange to me. Goal I, kicks, I guess. Or no, is it okay? Is the passes per ninety stat? You're my passes per ninety expert. Is yeah. it passes completed or just passes? Just passes in general. So that I seriously be, don't know how that could be because of a lot of goal kicks. Possibly, which means they're giving up a lot of chances. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I seriously have no idea I, how to uh, explain either that, that or they play out of the back a lot and go back to their goalkeeper. Yeah. But either Which, way... We'll if, take advantage of that. Either we'll, way, yeah. you know, bring it on. Yeah. So I, I think this should be a chance for us to kind of solidify our lead in mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference. Get a but little bit of a at the same time, there. as we saw on Saturday, we can't get too comfortable because no. in, in this league, any team can beat anybody. I mean, this the game of soccer, anybody can beat anybody on any day. Yeah. That's why you got to play the game. Um. So I would look to see us be very focused. Yeah. Um, I know this was a big game and a physical game against Louisville. It's probably going to – it probably took a toll. A, I would say A physical so. toll on some of our guys. So this Toronto game is probably going to be the one where we see a lot of squad rotation. Hopefully they can mesh well. Yeah. And um, the chemistry is there. Because I know, I know we've talked about we don't want to shake up the chemistry – but at some point, you got to rest some guys. I you mean, do. especially, and, and this is a perfect chance to, and I don't want to just beat this dead horse, but um, I think we should be looking to at least get four points. Um, I think we'll be I would good, love yeah. to get six, but I would take four. Yeah, out of this I trip. feel like that's a reasonable and rational thought. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think we'll, I don't know how we'll lose to Toronto. I really don't, even if we're doing a lot of squad rotation. Yeah. Um, considering 
how connected we are as a team, as much as we practice and whatnot, yeah. I think we'll be fine against them. Now, Ottawa... Since we don't know as much, I don't know. To and it's a way, too. So there's, yeah. there's always that. And we're going to be out of the country, so that could throw some things off. Yep. I mean, I know it's just... I don't... I don't actually know where Ottawa is, but I know Toronto is just barely outside of the Pretty United sure it's, States. Oh it's like, clo- it's really like good with closer to Ohio than anywhere else or something. I think Cleveland is close to Toronto. Cause yeah, it's I like think Erie. Ottawa's like right above Cleveland area. I know I it's like know. Eastern. I want to say it's Eastern side. Well, we know it's Eastern because they're in the Eastern Conference, so that's ah, easy. Good point. Yep. Anyways, Geography. so I'm going to go. I'm going to do my predictions. I'm going to say we defeat um, Toronto or Toronto. Two Ronto. Uh, three one. Three one. Okay. Yeah, three one. I was really and I'm you were gonna, gonna say two zero, like two Ronto, two zero. Uh, I thought that would be pretty no. funny. No, I think I think we'll because we're playing some squad members who may not, um, you know, I I can see that game be one where we kind of dominate, but maybe give up a goal. Just kind of a we have a hiccup, defensive hiccup, and give up a goal. Yeah. Um, so. I'm saying 3-1 for Toronto, and I'll go 1-1 to against Ottawa, just to be safe. Yeah. Let me see against Ottawa. Um, I'm going to go with 2-0. Yeah, 2-0 okay. against Ottawa. Yeah, I'll say that. A little more that. optimistic. Yeah. If anybody's going to be more optimistic, it's going to be you. Yeah, I tend to be... I'm never right on my score predictions at this point. I, I thought I was pretty good at that. But, I predicted yeah. 2-0 on Saturday. Yeah. And it was 3-1, so. Mm-hmm. If I predict 3-1, maybe it'll be 2-0. Maybe. There we go. Reverse. Reverse psychology. There I'm you doing go. the uh, guy pointing to his head gif <laughs> for all of you listeners who can't see. Think about it. So, anyways, thank you guys for joining us on episode four. Um, I, we're trying to yeah. keep this closer to 45 minutes instead of an hour or an hour and 15 as some of our previous episodes have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be a big week. Hopefully there will be some watch parties on Wednesday and Saturday, um, maybe up at Noda again, because that was a lot of fun. It so, was a ton of fun. Anyways, yeah. um, hope to see you guys out and about this week. Yep. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Talking Jacks. Yep. Um, go like our Facebook page. I think only my family likes it right now. <laughs> I think there's like four people that like it, and they're all I'm not even sure if members. I like it on Facebook, to be honest we're, with you. Uh, <laughs> we're on Facebook.com slash Talking Jacks. Um, if you'd like to contact us by email, mm-hmm. you can at talkingjacks at gmail.com. Gmail. And check out our articles on soccerandsweettea.com. Yes. Previews, recaps. The whole Other shebang. random things. A nice piece we did. Or not we, but another one of our writers did on... Uh, oh, on Jorge. Jorge Herrera. Greatest of all time Charlotte yes. soccer player, which was really fun to read. Um, it was even more fun when I posted it on Reddit and someone <laughs> immediately said, that's not... Um, Dustin Swinehart, I think is who they was said. It? Yeah, yeah, did Swinehart. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, wow, who's that? <laughs> did a quick Google search, and he was a player who played for the Eagles in like the late 90s, early 2000s. So mm-hmm. when the Eagles were like in every other league, they were in like the second division of USL, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> no, that was I don't know. Either. It was a lot. He apparently scored 125 goals, according to Wikipedia, mm. which is a lot. That's, that's that is a lot of goals. As, that's more than twice. But as as I mean, I can go in there and edit that and say he scored five goals. Exactly. So who knows so, if that's accurate or not? We, we actually did discuss that with an Eagles staff member, and they said yeah. that they would not argue with us about saying 
that Jorge Herrera is the greatest Charlotte soccer player of all time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jorge Herrera would fight you if you said he wasn't. So he would fight you with his smile. He would. <laughs> he does have a great <laughs> smile. Yeah. Well, get better soon, Jorge. <laughs> we love seeing you on the field doing your thing. Um, and come on, you Jacks. <laughs>